Mike. Can you tell my audience who you are, please? Yeah, sure. I'm Mike Andriani. I'm uh, I'm a candidate in um, District Nine for North Carolina. I'm uh, I've already served this country for you know some time. My family and I. I uh, I spent eight years in the Army. I was a fourth generation uh, Army soldier, and um, I was a U.S. Army paratrooper like my father before me. Um, I'm, I'm about pro-God, pro-life, pro-First and yeah. Second Amendments. I'm for strong yeah. border security, uh, election integrity. And uh, yeah, yeah. but I mean, uh, I, yeah. you know, I got info yeah. up on me on, uh, on my yeah. website, mikeandre.com, and you can find yeah. out more about me there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you and your family for your service to the country, to our country. Thank you. And I'm, I'd like to continue that. Yeah, that's good. You're just continuing it, continuing it in a little different, a slightly different way. Yes, that's right. Uh, you don't go through all the troubles you do when you're in the military, but you're still serving your country when you're in office. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, your election is when again? Uh, I forgot exactly when. So the primary is in about two weeks. It's 17 May in North okay. Carolina. Uh, however. Uh, there is an incumbent in the seat, and as we all know, it is very hard to unseat incumbents, uh, especially since he's won. He served for eight years. Uh, he's done four terms, two years each. So it's 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 going to be hard, but um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, if I win the primary, then I continue, and if not, then that's it for me for uh, this campaign season. Yeah. Okay. What inspired you to start running for Congress? Um, so long story short, um, there were a number of us in the military who um, felt that it was a personal choice and that it um, violated the sanctity of our conscience over these whole uh, COVID shot mandate things. And um, yeah. so I put in my, you know, I put in my religious accommodation and it was denied. And yeah, I, I just said enough is enough. So I, I'm, you know, so I was thinking, you know, running for Congress instead would be another way that I can continue serving my country without having to um, participate in something that personally, as a Roman Catholic, I'm pro-life and I just don't want to be involved with anything that's in, involved with abortion in any, in any way, shape or form. I really just try to say, Hey, I know this is what's going on. I'm not interested. I don't want to be part of it. Just leave me alone. I was really hoping they would just leave me the, the hell alone. And uh, unfortunately, that's not what happened. So I just yeah. wanted to be left alone. The, the way that I look at it, um, you know, let the government run its business and let me run my own. That's yeah. pretty much what I was going yeah. for. Yeah. I view it as like um, we should be what the founders um, intended for. And like where the federal government is literally just there to make sure we didn't kill each other. And like the states had all the power. That's right. what I, that's what I think we should be. Yeah. 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 And the found, the founders knew stuff like this would happen. That's why they put certain provisions in to prevent it. But apparently they're just ignoring a lot of the provisions apparently. Yeah. It's, it's sad. It's sad that that's how things are, but you know, I, I think things are getting on the up and up though. I think things are getting better in that department. Yeah. People are yeah. waking up and they're paying more attention and, yeah. you know, and, and as, um, I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said that um, he said um, he said something along the lines of um, an informed electorate, excuse me, uh, information is the currency of democracy. 
So you have to have an informed electorate in order to, you know, make the best decisions for the Republican foreign people. Yeah, yeah. And and basically Jefferson, obviously the one who wrote the Declaration of Independence, is one right. of the he he was actually he's actually probably was the number two out of all of the, the founders. Obviously Washington was the number one. Then probably right below him, I would put Jefferson there. Yeah, Jefferson was good. Uh, James Monroe was good. He he was the father of the Constitution, um, and um, Adams was very good as well. Yeah, I, I like Adams, but um, I prefer Jefferson over him. So. No, I, I understand. I'm yeah. I, I uh, you know, me personally, I've always been more, uh, one for small, limited government that uh, Same here. you know champions individual of the community, and of course, you know. Uh, Jefferson was an anti-federalist, and Adams was a federalist. So yes, I understand that. I, I if I were if someone were to question me, I, I'm more of a Jeffersonian than a, than an Adams in terms yeah. of the anti-federalist. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people on the left today, were, I'm, I'm talking bad about the founders, saying that they were all these racists, they were slave owners and stuff like that. And when in reality, they were anti um, against slavery. The reason why they didn't free them was because, and at the, at that time, they were not legally allowed to free the slaves. At, they, they just weren't allowed to. And Jefferson, he even wrote in the Declaration of Independence about he talked about slavery, but that was yes. cut out because like they didn't want to anger the anger England. Yes. Yes. And America is still the only nation in history that has abolished abolished slavery within 100 years of its founding. Yeah, that. OK, yeah, they are. OK, I, I was just thinking off the top of my the head. Only the only nation in history that's done that. But, and and yeah, and like it's the, also the freest country on the on the entire world planet as well. Yeah, by far, and it's not even close. Right. Yeah, yeah, and um, and basically like um, the the founders like I always tell people this. Yes, they had their flaws. Everyone had their flaws. None of us are perfect outside of God Himself. But right. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm not religious. I'm just very spiritual. No. So, like, no, yeah. No, I understand. I mean, I mean, I mean, even Jesus himself was angry at the merchants in his temple, and he ran them all out by flipping over tables and, and you know, using a whip. And so, yeah. I mean, even even he got upset. So, yeah, like um, my family on my mom's side, they're Southern Baptist. Me, I'm not. I don't. I'm not religious. I'm just, but I'm <laughs> I'm just spiritual. But my beliefs align more with Christians and more specifically Southern Baptists. Like, well, yeah. hey, it's, it's a free country. We got the First Amendment. You could believe in whatever you want to yeah. believe in, or you could not believe in whatever you want. It's, it's yeah. either way. Yeah, and you consider yourself a Catholic? I do, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, like, I disagree. I, you, my thing about religion is, I'm like, I, I, I agree with a lot of it, but there's actually some things in my view that go a little too far in some areas, in just mm-hmm. my opinion. Like, like, I think you should have, like, more, like, um, freer thinking, like, you can do what you do, more things that you want and stuff like that. That's just my view on that. No, yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. And, okay, let's get into, um, like, um, like if you do um, get elected, like, what are some of the things that you plan, that you want to do right away as, once you get the office? Um, well, I mean, I really want to take care of this whole border situation because that's been a mess. I mean, over the past uh, year and a half now, we've had over 2 million people cross over the border illegally. And not only is that an issue, but, you know, also all the drugs like fentanyl that have yeah. also crossed the border too. Um, so that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, election integrity is a big one. I mean, we need to make sure that we have, you know, if we, I prefer paper ballots personally, but yeah. uh, if we have like scanning machines for those paper ballots, we need to make sure that they were uh, made in America. 
to nowhere else. Yeah. And that they're not connected to the internet. And, yeah. And uh, I'm big on voter ID too. I mean, you know, I need to, I need a photo ID whenever I get on an airplane to, to fly or if I'm to buy alcohol or if I'm to, you know, um, get into a house, you know, buy a house or anything like that. So, uh, why a photo ID is not needed yeah. for an election is pretty absurd, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, election elections determine the the fate, the destiny, or the fate of a nation and its people. And for yeah. us to not be able to verify who is actually voting is is a uh, considerable mm. security threat and risk. And yeah, they want. Uh, I'll go. I'm going to tip along this um, real quickly. They they want us to be able to show papers to um to, to just go outside or do whatever we want to. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and a lot and they and also like um they say like oh if you're against this you're far right or something like this la 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 you they, you're a fascist or whatever <laughs> like you they they don't realize that them themselves are behaving like fascists like and all yeah and like um that's what the Nazis did. They are acting more like the Nazis than people on the right are, a lot more. Yeah, yeah one, one thing I never understood about the whole fascism is on the right thing is, you know, that's really not true. Because well, we think of who the first fascist leader was. And the first fascist leader was Benito Mussolini, right? That's pretty much. And then after him, it was, you know, Francisco and Spain and then, you know, Hitler and all that, right? Well, well, the thing about Hitler is... um. They, a lot of people today, like particularly on the left, say that he was a right-winger and the Nazis were all right-wing. That's actually not true. Yeah, Because the, the Nazis, they were socialists. Yes. More spe- specifically, they were national socialists. That is yeah. a strain of socialism. And and, they well, just, and, yeah. and they're denying that it's a left-wing ideology. Well, another thing that people forget, too, is that, you know, originally um, it was called, the, it was called the, the National German Workers' Party, right? Yeah. It was only un, it was only until after Hitler uh, was voted into power as the chancellor in 1933 that socialism was added in. Before it was the National yeah. German Workers yeah. Party, then it became the National German Socialist Workers Party. Why would you yeah. throw in the socialism aspect into it after you attain power? So there's that. But then another important point too that I was talking about uh, earlier was um, so Benito Mussolini was the first fascist. But what most people don't know, or they don't want revealed, or they don't really want to talk about. Is um, that actually um, fascism comes from socialism, and yep. the reason this is is because uh, Benito Mussolini was actually part of a socialist group in yep. Italy, and a friend of his that he was in the group with, his name was Giovanni Gentile, and he was a lifelong socialist, and he was actually the guy who came up with the concept of fascism, and he was a lifelong socialist. So it's not an ideology of the right. Yeah, socialism. Like I tell people, socialism. Yeah, it sounds great on paper, but it's never been um work, been used properly ever. Like um Venezuela, Cuba, and like Russia. It technically is a socialist country. Like right. they're not they're not really a communist country like people say they are. They're a socialist. China, on the other hand, they are a communist country. Like right. yeah, yeah. And also another thing about the Nazis, where when like people say that they were they were right wingers. And like one of the thing, the main talking points that they say about what, like, why did Hitler ban all left-winging parties, or why did he arrest communists and other socialists? Well, the reason he did that was because he didn't he didn't want competition. He wanted the only party to be are the Nazis. That's all he wanted. He did not want anyone getting in his way. 
Well, not only that, but you know, um, fascism and all that, it's, it's, it's an ideology. I mean, so, which, you know, religion is also a form of ideology. So, yeah, so people will go, well, why was, you know, why were the fascists fighting against the communists? And it's because it was a difference in ideologies. And if you look back in history, you know, 500 years ago, we had the Catholic Church fighting against Protestants in Europe. And then even earlier than that, in the Middle East, you had the Shia and, and Sunnite uh, Muslims fighting against each other. And it's because they were ideological differences. Just because they came from the same branch, you know, Shia and Sunni came from, you know, Islam and Catholicism and Protestantism came from Christianity, you know, and fascism and communism came from socialism. I mean, yeah. so yeah. it's just a difference. They're on, while they may be on the same side, so to speak, yeah. it's a difference of ideologies. Yeah, socialism and communism, and you can, and even fascism—they're all linked. You, you can't right. sever them. They're—it's—it's it's not exactly the same, but they're almost identical in a lot of ways. Yeah, socialism, fascism, and communism are, are the unholy trinity. Yeah, they actually—that that actually actually is true. And like, uh, probably the biggest example of socialism is probably Venice at the moment. Currently, is is on um, Venezuela. Like. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Ch- I believe it was Chavez who was the who was the first who was the person that turned it socialist. Like um, and like uh, one of the things is like um, he's destroyed Venezuela in a lot of ways. Like um, here, an example is Venezuela. If you didn't, is, if a lot of people don't know, is actually one of the most oil rich places on the on the entire planet, and they can't even drill for it themselves because they inflated their currency so bad because of socialism, and they can't do anything. Yeah, and like and now. And now the administration of the White House, they want to go there and get oil from them. They can't them. do anything until we pump our money into them to get oil from them. What, what, yeah. by, but not tapping our reserves. So gas is going to still continue to be at a high price. So, Yeah. And I'm buying oil from Venezuela. Guess what? What, what, what do you think Venezuela is going to do with that money? They're going to use it to continue funding the regime in Cuba. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. Imagine, uh, imagine having your enemies so weak like Iran and Venezuela, that you have to pay them money just to continue being a threat. Yeah. And, and like, um, this is all a giant plan. Like, it's obvious that this is a huge plan. It's not, it's not like, um, oh, just a, it's, it's not just like um, everything's happening naturally. No, it's all being planned out by the people working behind the scenes to just mm-hmm. bring down America and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, nothing like, new there. I mean, you know, Germany tried it a while ago and, you know, they tried it again even earlier than that. So, yeah, same old, same old. Oh, in this ministry of truth that Biden created. Uh, yep. it's, an, it's, it's, it's straight that this is something the Nazis did. And also, it's, it's straight out of 1984. Yep. Yeah, I, I read, yeah, read, read 1984. That was a good book. I probably got to reread it again. It was called well, The Ministry of Truth. And then in, and then in Nazi Germany, it was, called, it was called, it was actually called The Ministry of Propaganda. And it was, you know, yeah. run by Joseph Goebbels, but they weren't shy about it. They're like, yep, we're going to have a ministry on straight up propaganda. <laughs> yeah. And I probably, and right here, I have probably the second worst book compared to 1984. I view it as the sequel to it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That was um, Klaus Schwab's yeah, I book. About that. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. You got to read the book, man. Like, it's, yeah. they, re- they revealed their entire plan in it, they reveal all of it. Who wrote that again? Klaus Schwab. Okay. The head of the World Economic yeah, Forum. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I know him. I know of him. Klaus Schwab. He's also a Rothschild. If you didn't know, that I did not know. But he is on his mother's side. He is a also Bill Gates. 
He is a Rockefeller too. That yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, and also yeah, and like it's a the Illuminati is actually something that's real. It's it, it it's it's something that's actually real. Like I know it's like oh it's like fiction. Like a lot of people say it is. It's not. It's actually a real thing where a bunch of these people work behind the scenes and and plot all the all this out. That's actually what happens. I mean, there's I mean, there's Masonic lodges all over America. So I mean, it's not like these things aren't impossible. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Klaus Schwab even admitted that um his um his um organization, the World Economic Forum, has penetrated government, has infiltrated governments all around the world. I think I've I've seen a couple really oh. amazing clips that they just straight up say these things, and I'm just thinking well, they're just openly talking about this stuff. But yeah, it's even incredible. even Joe Rogan talked about this on his podcast one time, yeah, and well, he and he he was yeah. shocked about it. <laughs> yeah, what's great about Joe is he can he can say whatever he wants, so. Well, yeah. not really, because well, I mean, you know, like Spotify, like, there's, yeah. like, I think it's he's not allowed to have Alex Jones back on or Eddie Bravo back on or even a few others. Like that makes me angry. So that, yeah, that, I've seen close to that Alex Jones episode. That was that was hilarious. That was he that had was three crazy. of them. <laughs> that was that was really good. He had three. He had Alex Jones on three times. Oh, it was three times. I thought he only had him on like once or twice. Okay, three. Like he had him on um, episode. He, he had him on with Eddie Bravo the first time. Then the mm-hmm. second time he had Eddie Bravo on again. Then the third time he had Tim Dillon on with him again. That <laughs> time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you listen to all the stuff that Alex said, so much of it was true. Like, like, oh, yeah. in, like in the yeah. first episode that he was on Joe Rogan's podcast on the on Joe Rogan's podcast, he had talked about the metaverse. About about that, basically saying they're creating a digital space for everyone to be to plug their entire their minds into. And yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember um, it was shortly after uh, Russia finally decided to go into Ukraine. But um, there was a clip that was brought up back in October. I think it was like a twenty second clip, but it was Alex Jones. You know, he was sitting at his desk in Infowars. He goes, he goes, hey, you know, I got some news. Uh, and this was in October again. He goes, uh, hey, I got some news. Um, you know, the, the war is going to be uh, over there. It's going to be starting in, in like uh, in like late February. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, they rolled it like 28 February or something like that. I mean, and he said yeah. that back in, back in October. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know late February, it's like not very specific, but, you know, that what? Like that's a, that's a, that's a one, two-week period of time, and that's when it happened. So yeah. he's, been, he's been pretty uh, par for par. He's been doing pretty, pretty well with – yeah. Um, with the information he's been getting, yeah, it's yeah, true. yeah. Like he also he was the, the first person to expose Jeffrey Epstein as well. Yes, yeah, I remember. I remember hearing about that. Yep. And he true. also and he also exposed Bohemian Grove, where that's where all the elites go to. Basically, like they have all these meetings and they like do um these occult rituals. Oh and stuff yeah, like that. I that. That was a couple years ago. Yeah. No, no, that was he did that in 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 two thousand. Yeah, that happened in two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. remember. Maybe oh you know what maybe I saw the clip a yeah that's probably like literally all the it was all these like top ranking generals former presidents heads of bankers and estates like all of them basically going to like it's a like it's like a summer camp and they do occult rituals and like they burn an uh, an effigy in front of Mo- a statue of Moloch the owl god yeah, about that yeah yeah it's creepy like if it was like a bunch of homeless people in the woods doing it it would it would be odd enough but the fact that you have these people doing it it's at least curious like yeah Yeah, it definitely raises more than a few eyebrows that's for sure 
and and like yeah like it's just like what else is going on behind the scenes like yeah like he also exposed like um they're using baby blood like the, the elites are using doing that yeah did you see the clip recently of megan fox talking about that and she was like uh i don't think i have yeah so it came out like uh two or three days ago but there's a clip of her um she was doing some interview and she was saying how you know she drank like like a couple drops of her boyfriend's blood and he did the yeah. same for her and stuff like that so yeah i mean it's it's weird but it definitely it, does, it definitely adds creeds to what others are saying that's for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and like they and with this ministry of truth, what it's part of Homeland Security, I believe. That's believe I believe it's an extension of that. If I could be wrong, yeah, I think that they were going to try to implement that through the Homeland Security. Yeah. Okay. So, what's next then? Are they going to start like literally like like forcing them people to like you cannot create content that talks about this. You even you get banned if you just right now you get banned if you upload it. So right, what if we just say nope? You're not even allowed to make this co- kind of content at all. What, well, I mean, they've, they've already tried to force people to take it to take experimental injections inside their bodies, you know. And it's hey, you do this, you lose your job. I mean, that's pretty coercive enough. For, so for you to, so for them to do what um, what you're saying, that's really not too out of the question. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm curious, like. And this great reset initiative that basically it's it's the 2030 agenda. That's when they plan to implement the great reset. We're like, we're like basically they don't they want people living in pods, eating bugs. They want yeah, yeah that's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah they, I've heard all that stuff. I, I know. But, like um, they don't want anyone to have any privacy. They don't want anyone to own anything. And they yeah. you can't make you know you can't uh, everything has to be you know electronically filed online. So you know they know. Yeah where your money's going to and what you're spending on. You can't just get yeah. a couple of dollars to buy some gum. You know, that's got to yeah. be recorded. You know? Yeah. That's why I believe Bitcoin is the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll they, see, because they're trying to crush down Bitcoin too. But yeah. Well, well, the elites, they're actually buying up Bitcoin. So like, and like um, with the, how bad inflation is, like I think it's obvious they want to destroy all currencies around the world and create one unified currency. I mean that's like, that's how you reset things. You you can like destroy stuff and then yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. we do. Well, with um the currency, like um, I don't instead of like making one, they'll probably what if they just use one that they already have that already exists? Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin, I believe, is the future. We're like um yeah, and, and the thing about Bitcoin is there will only be twenty one million. It cannot be inflated. And plus there's no CEO of Bitcoin either. Right. Like, yeah, and plus, I think my money is actually safer with Bitcoin as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think crypto overall is actually beneficial, like because I think clearly the U.S. dollar is going to it's got it's gonna it's gonna get worse, and I don't think it's the U.S. dollar will ever come back. Actually, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see, but I mean, I I, I do agree. You know, I do like crypto. You know, solely yeah. even solely on the fact that you know it's it's diversifying the financial portfolio. I mean. It's good to have multiple ways of paying things off and um, getting money to come in. So that if one system collapses or if anything happens, you you know you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. I mean, it's important to diversify uh, your portfolio in that aspect. Yeah, and I believe, and if it wasn't for the Second Amendment, I believe the Great Reset would have already been implemented. Mm, you know, I'm not so sure about that, but at the same time, I saw I saw a funny meme of. Uh, and the meme said they wouldn't be trying to take away your guns 
if they weren't doing something that you that you would want to use your guns against them or something like that. Yeah, so, well, it's it's obvious. Like, like when the government fears the people, that means there's peace. When when people fear the government, that means there's tyranny. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's really how it should be because it was it was we the people that established the government, the Constitution of the United States of America. It wasn't the other way around. The government just didn't say, hey, we're going to create people. The people yeah. create the government, and that's how it should be. And that's how our founding fathers intended for yeah. it to be. Yeah. The founders, like, if they were here right now, they would be tur- they would be horrified of what's going on. I agree. Like, yeah. Right now, they're probably turning in their grades, all of them. They're probably spinning. Yeah. yeah. If a new form of unlimited energy can be you know, done by that, so... Yeah, and like, and like the thing is, like, um, there is this green agenda thing that they're 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 trying to push this green New Deal crap, and but, like, but at the same time, they're they're not doing anything for themselves to lower their emissions. So why should we? Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's to throttle our economy so that you know it yeah. it hurts us. Yeah, like like. In my opinion, like I believe, like uh, why can't we just use both? Why can't we use fossil fuels and and um, renewables at the same time? Well, we already are. I mean, we got yeah. I mean, in North Carolina alone, you know, thirty two percent of the state is powered by nuclear. So nearly a third of all energy in North Carolina is produced by nuclear. And in America, as a as a whole, it's eighteen percent. Yeah. So yeah. we're already using solar and nuclear along with gas. So. I mean, we're already there. We're already doing it. So why do yeah. we change that? Yeah. Well, nuclear, nuclear for me, like um, I'm on the fence about it, about it. It's not because really of all these disasters that's happened. It's mostly because like, like all these plants where the nuclear energy is being used, all these plants are way, are way too old. And like they're leaking at dangerous levels. That's my view on it. Well, yeah, and I understand that. But I mean, there's nothing to say that you, that we can't close those nuclear, yeah. nuclear yeah. reactors and use new ones. New ones. I mean, yeah. they already have yeah. small modular reactors in which you can just take reactors and just stack them on top of each other for extra power, like, like Lego bricks, you know, if you need extra power. Yeah. And, um, and they're a lot safer. They have, you know, a yeah. passive cooling systems in case power yeah. is lost. Uh, you yeah. know, like if the power is lost, the core dips, goes into the water to cool it off so it doesn't overheat. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that tech, a lot of these nuclear power plants that you see nowadays are from, you know, the big smokestacks or from the yeah. 70s and 80s. I mean, in yeah. fact, nuclear power has advanced so much that I, I believe that those were the, the, the version two nuclear reactors. No version threes were really created, and now we're in version four, which is in the micro nuclear reactor. Yeah. So I'm I'm really big on nuclear energy. Yeah. I definitely support it. Um, yeah. I just wish that you know more people knew that stuff about you know these yeah. passive cooling systems and all that, and that it is a lot safer, and, yeah. um, and and it would be a lot manageable even if anything were to happen. Yeah, like I don't have a problem with nuclear energy. I actually like it, but my only issue is like all these plants, so they're old. Like, yeah. and basically, they're and, and, leaking uh, at dangerous levels. Yeah, and I definitely yeah. support you know decommissioning them, and uh, but we need a plan, and the plan is, is we can't just decommission them and then you know spend years trying to get the new plants in there. We need to decommission them, uh, you know, at the same time. Well, by the time that they're decommissioned, we need to just be able to just drive in these new ones that can fit in a twenty foot cargo container and just put them in there where they once were. So. Well, like, yeah, well, like Germany, like they shut all their nuclear plants down and now their, their power, thing, their power thing is so de- desperate. They've had to open up a whole bunch of coal plants just to get power. Well, not only that, but now they're now they're now they're overly reliant on, on Russia uh, gas yeah. as well. 
Uh, so there's that. And China also has also had to do um, uh, yeah. coal plants as well. Their, yeah. Their energy needs. Well, like China and and um, like India, like they have they're, they're open like like nine coal plants every day. And like they don't have any restrictions, like even yeah. on their on their plants, they don't even have any scrubbers. They just, just they just burn all of it and just, just shoots up in the atmosphere. I, I foresee in the future that there's going to be like a, um, you know, that there's going to be like a, uh, there's going to be like a joint government of, well, not a joint government, but there's going to be like a, like a coalition, like a group of like Russia, China, and India. I think all three of them are going to be like the new well, powers combined against the Western powers. Well, I see that happening. Well, China and India hate each other. Yeah, you know, for now, but I mean, things can change. I, I, I know well. that. Well, like um, before, um, before um, uh, they before Russian oil was banned here in the U.S., China and Russia hated each other. But now, and now that Russia has been banned from the SWIFT payment system, they're relying on China at them now. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's just history. I mean, you know, uh, with once China became communist, I believe in '46, it was in the '40s. But um, you know, the USSR and China were pretty close because they were both communist uh, countries. And then they had a bit of a falling out um, in the late 60s, early 70s. And then that's when Nixon came in. Yeah. Uh, President Nixon came in. Yeah. And then that's when he spoke with uh, China. And then that's how we got on China's good terms, you know, against the USSR. And really ever since the 70s, that's, you know, China's been making stuff for us. And they're a big part of our economy and all that. And it's because of that split between the USSR um, yeah. And China, and yeah. and of course now, uh, yeah. you know, decades later, China and Russia are talking more to each other again, like they were, you know, sixty years ago. It's just that's just history. Yeah. Time yeah. passes, things change. The thing with China is like, um, um, like the thing, the pro, the reason, the main reason it became communist was because like Truman, he didn't support, give enough support to Chet against Mao when when Mao's revolution was going on, and so that allowed Mao to like went to win. And and then and then um Nixon came along and he opened China up, which made things much yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not a fan of Nixon. Like I like Truman, but uh, but he, I like I like Truman, but there were a lot of th- he had a lot of que- question marks though. Yeah, like like nationalizing. Um, I think it was like he, he tried nationalizing one industry, which of course yeah. is socialism. And uh, yeah, but he like did. Oil, yeah. But he did release the Japanese Americans that FDR had put into camps, though. He did yeah, do that. No, that's true. But yeah. you're right. There are questions with him. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that, yeah, there are things that he's done that, you know, I don't, I don't agree with personally. Yeah. I mean, and I do agree with personally. Yeah. And also, like, with – um, and also, he, he had a lot of question marks with North Korea as well, but the Korean War, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was Ike who got in – who got us out of the uh, – who got us out of the Korean War. Yeah, got us into it, and you know, and uh, Eisenhower got us out. Yeah, because he threatened um, China and North Korea that um, if they don't stop this now, they're going to go full on nuclear war. Yeah, which is which is hilarious because you know MacArthur was the one who said that we should nuke China, and then he got relieved by Truman. And then when the yeah. new president comes in, he goes, "Yeah, I think we're just going to nuke him like MacArthur says." And then of course that was the winning strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 like um all of this like China becoming communism and like North Korea and like stuff in the Middle East and Vietnam and all this stuff could have been avoided if they did one thing. Like um like after Nazi Germany fell and during World War II, 
If you remember Patton, George Patton, he said, no, homies, this is not the end of our war. We need to go all the way to Moscow. And we didn't listen to him. So he didn't. And it wasn't, it wasn't even, excuse me, it wasn't even just that. He, he even said we defeated the wrong enemy. As in, you know, we didn't, oh, you know, all, we, should, we should have defeated, you know, a communist uh, well, Russia. Well, not, well not, all... He said that too. So. Well, both of them should have been defeated. So. Well, yes, yeah. and I and I agree with that. But you know, yeah, I mean, he said that too. And then, of course, you know, what he, happened? He he died under uh, extremely questionable circumstances. You know? A so, car accident. Yeah, I actually read I actually read the book um, "Killing Patton" by um, and Bill O'Reilly, and that was also, it was a really good book. Also, Patton and Eisenhower did not get along with each other. They could they not. Get, I I think. Uh, I'm trying to. Work, I'm going to phrase this in a weird way. I think Eisenhower may have had something to do with Patton's death. Personally, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually a little bit of a military historian. I know that. So, Eisenhower liked Patton because he was a good commander. He won yeah. battles. He won yeah. victories. He kicked ass. Yeah. So Eisenhower liked Patton, but what he did like about Patton was his PR, his personal relations. Mm-hmm. He was he was really bad. He would. Say all sorts of things. Like, did you do things that people would not agree with? And so, uh, like, like, so, so, like, did you, did you know that? Did did you hear about that story of when Patton was in that hospital and saw a guy who had emotional distress, like shocked, and Patton threatened to kill him if he didn't get out of the hospital? Yeah, uh, yeah, I I know about that, but yeah, but yeah, but what I'm, what what I was saying was, um, so, you know, the, the, the not, so Patton gives, Patton gave a huge headache to the Nazis because of how he was as military commander. He gave a huge headache to Eisenhower because of his um, his uh, his incivility, I guess you could say. Yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, um, now I, I I don't really think that Eisenhower really had anything to do with that. And the reason why I say that is because his farewell speech he gave, um, he warned of the military-industrial complex, um you know, going out of office. So Eisenhower was, was pretty much against that. So I think maybe it was some, some other force, some other, I don't know, something else that got Patton killed, not Eisenhower. Or, you know, sometimes this happens too. Maybe Eisenhower says, maybe Eisenhower one time said, Oh man, Patton, he's, He's driving me crazy, you know. I I, I wish I, I wish he was better, or it could be taken care of. And then someone overheard that and was like, "Oh, okay." And then they just went and killed, killed Patton. I mean, you know, that that unfortunately that that kind of thing has happened in history as well. I I I just think Eisenhower had to have something to do with it, at minimum something. You what? know, I've I've read Eisenhower's biography, and um, I, I, you know, they they've served together previously too. And, um, I and just, also. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I really don't. And, know. Uh, and also, also, I and also, Patton. He's not celebrated anymore. Outside, out, other. He's only really celebrated at Trump rallies because, like, on Trump at, on like all the like on the screen, he shows yeah. a bunch of Patton speeches. Like, and, yeah. but like he Patton today is pretty much disregarded the, these days. Well, so, that's because well, that's because Patton was a warrior and. You know, they don't want warriors around because warriors challenge the status quo and and they fight back. They don't want warriors to be recognized or known. Yeah. And like, I, I, I like the idea that Trump, he has Patton like on the screen, like showing some of his most iconic and great speeches. Like Mm -hmm. if you, if you just listen to the guy speak like this guy, like he's has a charisma, man. 
Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, Patton and Trump, you know, both yeah. have a lot in common, including yeah. scaring the crap out of people. So, yeah. Trump's yeah. actually given a, a, a has a rally to, today. It's, it's oh, going to okay. be in Nebraska. Well, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm, I live in Iowa, so yeah. Yeah. I, could, I didn't have a chance to go. Like, but if if he comes to Iowa again, which I hope he does, and I'm probably I might go then. I might. Okay. Yeah, I've I've been to half the states, uh, but I haven't been to Iowa and Nebraska yet. But I would like to 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 go to all the states in this country at some point. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to any of Trump's rallies there in North Carolina? Um. So I did attend the one in Selma. That was a couple weeks ago, and that was wow. good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I got to see the lieutenant governor there, Mark Robinson, and uh, I saw Ted Budd there. You know who's running for U.S. Senate right now. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I still kind of I I I I still haven't done too much research on him yet because like I remember before, like last year when um the when it was when it was we found out that that Senate seat was going to be opened up. Everyone was saying like um Trump's um daughter in law was going to be running was going to be doing yeah, like that. and and you know I've actually um I've seen um. I think, I think his name was Laura. I've seen Laura yeah. um, speak a couple times, you know, on the news, and she was actually she was she was she was a she was she was well spoken. Um, yeah. Her her you know her thoughts and her words they were informed. I mean, she was aware of things going on, and she was very she had a very calm manner. I honestly I think she would have been a great candidate. Yeah, uh, for U.S. Senate, but unfortunately, you know that didn't pan out. And yeah. for this Senate race, it's been really interesting too because um, so, you know, after um, after Burr was um, censored by the North Carolina GOP, um, you know, he decided to not uh, seek another term in the Senate, and because of that, you know, uh, in North Carolina, we have we have fourteen uh, candidates for U.S. Senate. I mean, it is crazy how many people are running for that seat. Yeah. And it's going to be a. It's. I mean, four, it's going to be fourteen people on the uh, on the primary ballot. It's yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> How many people are on the ballot in your district for yours for that seat? Uh, so there's four on the Republican side, and there's mm -hmm. one Democrat. So mm -hmm. the Democrat will not be going through uh, the primary vote because he's the only one. The whole Democratic Party uh, for for that particular this particular district street is behind him. However, for uh, the Republican side, that's that's still to be determined. Yeah. And as but, I said near the beginning of uh, this podcast, uh, you know, it is extremely difficult to unseat an incumbent. So, uh, yeah, you know, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, I think it's pretty obvious that there's going to be a huge red wave this year. There is going oh, to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. That's and, then sure. gonna, and then it's going to lead right into 2024. Yeah. yeah. But first, before we get into that part, because I want to talk about that. But um, yeah. like um, obviously I believe I'm 99, well 98 percent sure that Republicans will retake the House. I believe that. But here's oh, the yeah. thing, though: if they do, there's they cannot have McCarthy be the Speaker of the House. They can't. Yeah, and I was going to say that too. So yeah, yeah you, I mean it is. Gonna, I mean historically yeah. and looking at trends, it is going to be a red wave yeah. in both the House and the Senate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, this yeah. November. However, yeah. are those people who are part of that? wave you know actually you know yeah you know on the republican party or are they rhinos are they just you know republicans yeah. Yeah. They pretend to be something they're not so yeah. unfortunately you know it's not always easy to determine or vet people when it comes to that aspect so yeah. i imagine that there's going to be you know a number of patriots that are going to be 
uh, getting into office. But I think that there's probably going to be more rhinos getting in. And until you get more Patriots in and then eventually the rhinos disappear, it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I think should be the Speaker of the House come this election cycle? Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, he's been doing really good on the, uh, I think it's the House Judiciary Committee he's on. So I would, yeah, yeah, so I think he'd be really good as being the the chief, as being the the top guy for the judiciary to really drill out, drill into corruption. Yeah, and um, and just these really yeah. suspicious individuals, yeah. and yeah, I yeah. think he'd yeah. be good for that. I think he would actually be better off speaker of the house because, like, you need to have a strong speaker up there to be in charge of everything. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I, like, I think jo- Jim Jordan fits that fits that because, like, he is not afraid to say stuff. Like, he even went on Candace Owens' show one time. Yeah, 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 but yeah, he, and also. What do you feel about the Marjorie Taylor Greene situation going on right now? Um, I think that that's just the best that they can do to prevent her from being on the ballot. And it's not just her. They're also uh, going after uh, Madison Cawthorn here in uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, all the really, you know, uh, America First, uh, Patriot, Ma- you know, MAGA, all those guys, they're really trying hard to – prevent them from coming back into office because they're scared of them because they know that they're going to poke holes in their arguments and they're going to call people out and they're going to, you know, you know, you know, they're going to, they're going to come up with like a, I don't know, like a, like a news clipping or something that's like, Hey, this is what's going on right here, you know, and it exposed for all the world to see, you know? So yeah, they're scared of these people. So they're trying to prevent them. They're doing everything they can to prevent them from, um, you know, returning to Congress, returning to Capitol Hill. Including Trump too. That's yeah, like, and, yeah, 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 and like um, the the Democrats and the and people on the left say these people are they incited an insurrection by um uh, by uh by objecting to the electoral college um by objecting objecting to it when if in 2016 they objected to Trump's victory. Yeah, that that in particular really actually oh, really because and also, it's not just because the thing is is you know it was. That's part of their job. The part of their job is to is to raise questions on the on the uh, Congress floor about yeah. certain states. And and you're right, but it's not just 2016. The Democrats did Democrats did that in 1968 when Nixon won. They did that in 2000 against Bush. They did in 2004 again against Bush, and they did in 2016 yeah. against Trump. So whenever you know a Democrat yeah. gets elected to the presidency, they never question it. Yeah. But every time a Republican does. At least within yeah. you know this new century, within the past you know twenty five years, uh, they yeah. question it every single time. And then the one time Republicans do it, like the one time ever, their side of the aisle does it in twenty yeah. uh, twenty, they get into a hissy fit about it. And it's ridiculous. And yeah, particularly in two thousand, even though I I'm not a fan of Bush, but still though to be but but let's just play into the scenario about the Republican part. Well, like um. They, they objected to Florida, obviously, because like there were a lot of questions with what was going on in Florida because Bush was declared victory. And and but here's the thing, though, they objected to it. But the Supreme Court said the decision was final. So a Bush on one Florida and they objected to it. So, well, well, you know, not only that, but but Florida, Florida's obviously a lot better now. But Florida was a mess, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, yeah, they did. I think they did like 
four or five recounts in Florida, and every single time they did it, it was different numbers. So there's yeah. that. And, uh, and, but every time they did it, it was within like a 300 vote margin. So every time they did it, Bush beat Gore by like 300 votes. But I mean, how can you yeah. do like four or five different recounts and you have number, different numbers every single time? And that's just within a couple hundred. It was like, like what kind of, oh, it's just, it, it's really frustrating so, when I think about that stuff. So, yeah. It's insane. We've, we've had issues for, for a long time. We've had, we've had, we've had issues when it comes to that kind of stuff in this country, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, and that was the main reason why they got, I believe Florida was the only one that had that, um, that pin drop voting system where like you had to take like that pin and just pin this, I believe it was like the card to what candidate you wanted. They got rid of that right after that. Oh yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. 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 That was the main reason why, because like, um, it was, it brought a lot of questions in like, like sometimes people would would punch would would punch a hole, and sometimes the the paper would would not go all the way through; it would just hang by a thread. So it, it questioned whether or not that counted as a vote or not. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's that's why I I believe in paper ballot, but I just think like just sign your name, whatever to what um candidate you want, and that's how it should be. Yeah, I like paper ballots too. However, we have so many people in this country that you know uh, it, it's. That's like tens of thousands of ballots to vote, you know, it, it maybe even in a single night. And yeah. uh, so I, I like scanning machines. Like, you know, they got, they got, you know, they got like those little uh, battery operated machines in Vegas that, you know, that shuffle cards or shuffle money, you know, it'd be nice yeah. if there's something similar to that, but you know, it's like a regular scanning machine and it just, it just scans papers. However, all it does is scan. So, you know, it's, and it says like, uh, I don't know, like on the monitor or something that's like, Hey, this vote for this candidate, this many, and all it does is scan. It's not connected to the internet. It just, all it has is a power plug into the wall. And then it just tells you on the screen as the stuff is going in, this is what it is. And then after that, you know, if there's enough time or if a recount is, is asked for, then you can individually go through the ballots. And then, you know, but yeah, I mean, these machines should just have one cord, a power plug into the wall, and that's yeah. it. They don't need anything yeah. else. You know, yeah. I just, and they need to have no uh, wireless um, modems or anything like that inside them as well so that they can't yeah. just transfer stuff outside as well without people yeah. knowing. Yeah. What are your views on drop boxes then for vote for voting? I, just, I don't personally, I don't like them. I mean, I, I the way that I think about it is that if you this is this is how I've always felt about it. personally, personally, as a as a civic minded citizen of this country. If you care so much about this country, you know, if you really, if, if you really do, then I think that you should go in person and vote on election day. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, and, I, and I get that people need help, but I think, yeah. I think people should be able to go to their employer and say, Hey boss, can I get like, you know, two or three hours if I have to wait in line, can I be excused this morning or this afternoon so I can go vote? And then I'll come back to work. I mean, yeah. like in the military, if you're like, um, if you're like a national guard, you know, uh, yeah. if you, if you deploy, you know, your employer cannot penalize you for deploying as in like, they can't fire you. They can't, yeah. um, you know, take away, uh, give your job to someone else. Like they have to keep yeah. your job. And so I think yeah. something similar should be for voting. I think you should be allowed like two or three hours of leave to leave your employ your employment mm. to go vote and then mm. come back to the office. I don't 
I really yeah. think that it's part of your civic duty as an American uh, to vote. Yeah. And so, yeah. and I know early voting is more convenient and Dropbox is more convenient, but the more ways that you allow people to vote, the more potential way there is to fraud an election. And if you show up in person with yeah. a voter ID, like, hey, this is me, or here's my voter registration card, yeah. and you vote, I think that's the best way to do it. That's the most safe and secure way to do it. Yeah, same. I, I agree completely with what you said there. Like um, Florida, for instance, like I believe last year, they passed they passed their their um new their they passed their new election laws where like um they DeSantis he said he was not a fan of drop boxes but the re the reason why they kept them was because his legislator wanted them so, so yeah that's that's sep that separation or not separation of powers it's um it's the balance of power so yeah as the executive branch yeah. you know DeSantis may not like that but if the legislator wants them you know that's fine and. Yeah. And the way that it says in the Constitution is that the legislator determines the time, place, and manner of elections. And a manner of an election is a ballot box. That's within the state legislator's power to keep ballot boxes if they want to. Yeah. Or rather, if their voters want to. Now, if their voters phone them and say, hey, we don't want ballot boxes, then they need to say, okay, we need to not do that for my district or whatever. But, um, yeah. 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 Yeah, and also I read um, uh, recently that um, with the red wave coming here in 2022 and then up until 2024, Republicans could have a 62 or 64 um, senators in the Senate. I heard that, and and I actually and that would actually be a filibuster-proof um, Senate, so they could pass anything they wanted, really. Yeah, I um, so I know that they're going to take a majority in the House and the Senate. I don't know, so. So what the putting with both yeah with both elections, not just one. I'm talking no, about with both I, I of get, them. Well, okay, yeah, you're talking about 24, but I think in, I think in 2022 the Republicans are going to probably pick up 60 seats in the House. Um, no. I don't know if that's a supermajority per se, but if they do end up getting like you know 62 um, votes in the Senate, then that would be a, a supermajority. So it may be possible to get a supermajority in the Senate, but I don't know about the yeah. House. Yeah, and also if they get a, a majority, when they get the majority back, they cannot put McConnell as the leader of the Republican Party in there. They cannot. The person yes. who I think, the person who I think should be the 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 leader, the Republican leader in the Senate is Rand Paul. Yeah. 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 If you, if you couldn't have Rand Paul, then probably go with Ted Cruz, only because he's a constitutional scholar. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like. What what do you, what do you see going forward with um these next two election cycles? Well, I mean, we're definitely going to take back the House and uh, the Senate in, in twenty two because that's the historic trend. Whoever whichever party comes into office for the presidency, typically uh, they pick up uh, seats uh, two years later for the midterms. Yeah. Um, now twenty twenty four, I don't know. I mean, you would think in twenty twenty four there would be more Republicans voted in. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, yeah. I, don't have, I don't have a crystal ball. I, I have a much better idea of what, uh, you know, uh, 22, 23 can bring, but 24 is kind of far out there. There's a lot. Hey, there's yeah. a lot of things that can change between now and 24. Yeah. Also, I got to ask you this. Do you think Trump is running in 2024? Yeah, I believe he is. Um, I, I, I thought that he even said that himself but yeah i mean no, I'm sure he hasn't 
whoever, now whoever the VP is, that's kind of, I don't know what's going to yeah. go on with that, but um, yeah, I, I think he, I think he's still, I think he is going to run in, in 24. Yeah, I believe too. And I, I'm still sticking to my guess who his VP is going to be. I'm still positive it's going to be DeSantis. I'm still positive on that. You know, people people keep saying that, but, you know, I personally, I do not want DeSantis being the vice president. And the reason being is because we have a really good, solid state in Florida. Yeah. And it's because of DeSantis. And even, yeah. and even people in Florida have said, we don't want DeSantis running for president because then we yeah. lose governor. So yeah. I really think he's going to listen to his constituents yeah. and um, his voters. And if they want him to stay in Florida, then I imagine yeah. he's going to stay in Florida. Plus, yeah. he can do a lot more as the yeah. governor of a state than he can as the vice yeah. president of the country. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's a smarter move to keep yeah. DeSantis in Florida. Now, I don't know Florida's, yeah. um, I don't know Florida's uh, like uh, election laws. Uh, yeah. Like in terms of governorship, so I don't know, like if DeSantis can run as governor forever. Yeah. But I imagine that there is a term limit for for yeah. governorship, like there is in most states. And yeah. maybe once he can no longer run for governor, um, he could he could do that. But again, I don't know his timeline. Um, mm. I, I don't know when the next election would be. I don't know how much time. You know, I'm a uh, I'm a North Carolinian. I'm not a uh, yeah Floridian. Floridian. So um, so yeah. I don't I don't know about that. But I think if I think if DeSantis can't run again for governor, then I think he should toss his hat in to the national ring. Uh, yeah. But until then, I think he should stick in Florida. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, like in Florida, it used to be a purple state. And if it did lean anywhere, it would lean Not blue. Anymore. Yeah. It's, it's a red state now. Yeah, but um, yeah. I don't think, but I, it's a, I don't think it's a red state because of Republicans. It's a red state now because of DeSantis. And like, um, and, well, and if, and also, if DeSantis does leave as governor, I think the possibility of a Democrat governor be, being put in place there in Florida goes up dramatically. Yeah, well, it's not just because DeSantis is the governor of Florida. It's also because, especially over this, um, like, I think Florida Florida picked up an extra seat in uh, the House um, yeah. because of the, the census. So it's also a lot of, like, Republicans from, like, California and New York who were sick and tired of the COVID mandate stuff, and so they, they left those states to go to Florida. So Florida yeah. is Florida, kind of similar to Tennessee, is kind of seen like a mecca on the right of a place to go and retire to and, and move there. Yeah. So it's become red not just because of his policies, but because of uh, like-minded people also moving there as well. Uh, yeah, and, all, and, and also, like, um, I think, but in, also, like, DeSantis, if you look at him, like look at it how he is, he's basically a younger version of Trump, minus yeah. like um, minus tr minus saying all this random stuff that you probably shouldn't say <laughs> yeah. as a politician. Yeah, I right? agree with that. He's even been doing the hand stuff, like he's been doing more hand gestures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of he's kind of okay. getting into it. Yeah, yeah, like Trump and DeSantis, they're both alphas, and so one of the things that a lot of people have been saying, like they can't work together because they're both alphas, they would not get along. Well, here's the thing. I think that they would both realize they would put their thing, their different that aside, and they would put put come together because they would realize, in order to win this, we need to put the two big dogs together, and like there's well, no way we can lose them. Well, it's not just that; it's mutual respects. Like you know, a lot of people said, you know, oh, the reason why Trump gets along so well with Putin and and with and with you know you know uh, Rocket Man in North Korea is yeah. because you know he's a dictator and they're dictators too. No, it's because those guys respect strength they respect yeah. 
power because they need those things to remain in power. So when Trump comes around and he's a big alpha too like them, they like that. They know not to screw with each other because it's going to lead to a bad time for one of them or both of them. And then, yeah. you know, and then, you know, when other people come in who aren't as strong as Trump, you know, they, they get walked over, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's why it's a, it's a mutual respect for strength and power as a leader. Yeah. That's why they got along, you know, you know, not yeah. because you know, of any other yeah. reason. Yeah. Basically, it's like a corporate. It's like basically like the government. It's like a corporate thing, like um, like a board, like all the countries are sitting around the table, like a lot of the big dogs are screaming at each other, threatening other things. And then Trump comes along and puts his nutsack on the table, and says, I'm in charge here. <laughs> That's really what happened. That's really what happened. Yeah, yeah meta- metaphorically speaking, at least. Yeah, yeah I got you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think they would both put their different that, uh, that aside and would come together. Because, like, if not DeSantis, then who would be his VP? Because it's obviously not going to be Pence, obviously. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, there. I know that there have been people who said that they wanted, like, Candace Owens to be, like, the VP. Yeah. Trump, you know, yeah. She, she's smart. You know, yeah. she, she's intelligent. Uh, she, she's yeah. a mom. Um, yeah. She definitely brings a lot to the table. Um, yeah. I think, I think she would be a good VP. And, and yeah. she's really good at roasting people, too. I mean, she's like DeSantis yeah. Trump. Great roasting people. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she'd be. I think, I you know, if I saw a, a Trump Owens ticket, I I would I would definitely hundred percent vote for that. Yeah, yeah. If somehow this clown somehow managed to get through to twenty twenty four, I would actually and, and see like Kamala and Candace go head to head. I that would be I would pay to watch that because that would be pay per view level. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that's probably a pay per view. I mean, I enjoyed watching the debate between um, Pence and and Kamala Harris. I mean. That debate just, went so. That debate went that 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 debate went really well for for Pence, but that debate went went so poorly for Harris that I remember uh, like the next couple of days after that, all the media could talk about was the fly on Pence's head because they literally they could not say anything else against him other than that 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 fly that landed on. But like yeah. he crushed that debate. I watched the whole thing and it was really good. He yeah. he, he he did really well. That was actually one of the best debates I've seen. It wasn't even a presidential debate. Vice yeah. yeah. Also, obviously, Pence will not be be his VP, and I don't even want him to because he be, because he betrayed Trump. He betrayed him. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants Pence back after after um you know after not standing his ground on January sixth. Um, yeah. Nobody wants Pence back. You know, and people go, oh, you know, we know the the uh, you know he you know he, he can't he couldn't have like um denied any of anything. Yes, but, he can. Well, they, Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, did that himself, yeah. Um, yeah. even when he was the vice president running for president. I mean, so yeah. Thomas Jefferson has done that. Um, I remember uh, uh, Richard Nixon as well. Um, so in the 1960 election, um, the uh, the votes in Hawaii were questionable. And yeah. at the time, Nixon was the vice president. So he was also, you know, mm. in charge of the Senate. And Nixon actually had the option and and he people did talk to him like, hey, you know, Hawaii's coming up. You should deny the votes. But he decided that it would be the uh, the ungentlemanly or the or the not civil thing to do if he did not approve of um, Hawaii's electoral votes in the presidential election, nineteen sixty. But the thought did cross his mind that he could do that, and he was well within his powers and abilities to do that. And he was well within his ability to do that in nineteen sixty. Yeah. And it was the same case in 2020, 60 years later. 
Yeah, and the Constitution grant gives the president of the Senate, which is the uh, which is the vice president, yep. the exclude yep. the exclusive rights to not only count but disqualify electoral vote. Exactly, exactly. That, but people go, "Oh, that's unconstitutional." Well, you know, I find it. I find it that the people who often say that things are unconstitutional are the ones who are the least well read of the Constitution. I yeah, because. The founders, um, when they were writing the Constitution, they debated every possible scenario you could put in, and like they, they not only that, they debated how it should be said, how it should be read too, like uh, every comma, every sentence, every little word, like because they knew stuff like this could happen. Well, not only that, but the, I mean, they also made sure that the Constitution, you know, was a twenty-page document so that it was readable and it just didn't go on and on and on like so many bills that go through Congress. So yeah. it was meant to be short, so it was readable and understood by, you know, anyone. Yeah, I don't want, yeah, I don't want another bill to be brought in on a, on a cart and like a 5,000 page thing yeah. that no one can read. And yeah, because you remember that happened last year? Oh, well, it's not, yeah. Um, well, not only that, but I mean, just last month, uh, that, that uh, 1.5 trillion omnibus uh, spending bill in which. Um, Build like, back better. No, 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 something else. It was, uh, they gave like 16 billion, they wanted to give like 16 billion to Ukraine and stuff like that. But yeah. that was a 2,700 page document, hmm. you know, and it was for 1.5 trillion. I think that was to, to make sure that the yeah. government could continue being funded. Yeah. Which, Who you know, act- people, I always find funny when people freak out about government shutdowns. Like, oh, the government's going to shut down. But actually, only about 20% of the government shuts down whenever that happens. Yeah. It's not a big deal, but people still yeah. freak yeah. out about it. So. Yeah. Who who actually writes all these bills? Who does that? Like, who? That's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, lobbyists maybe, uh, congressional aides. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine that you know whoever is interested in getting the legislation passed. So maybe like that special interest group, they would be the one to write it, and then they would send it to Congress and you know see what happens. So, I mean, I'm not in Congress, so I can't really speak on that. So. Yeah, and yeah, which district again? Where you running again? And which nine. one? District nine. nine. Is it a is it a is it a red district or a blue district? <laughs> um, so it's a red district. But what was interesting was we've had a lot of redistricting stuff happening in, in North Carolina. But what was interesting was uh, this this particular district uh, was a it was a likely Republican district uh, a couple weeks ago. And then since then, it's been determined that it's a safe Republican district. Hmm. So what that means is that whoever wins the primary uh, in two weeks You there? You there, Mike? Because they're going to win. Yeah, I am. Yeah, my my phone's dying a little bit. Yeah, hi. All right, yeah, let's sorry, wrap this up. Let, let, let's wrap this up in a couple okay. minutes so that that doesn't happen again. Yeah, but what were you yeah. saying? Oh, uh, so what I was saying was it's it's a safe Republican district. So whoever wins uh, the primary in two weeks is 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 going to go to Congress. Um, so you know, of course, you know, short of getting hit by a bus or you know saying something you know dumb or you know or anything else like that. So. Um, yeah, and you were actually the second candidate that I've ever that I've actually had on the podcast. Last, okay. Like I'm, on the last episode, I had a guy who's actually running for the House in Alaska for the U.S. House in Alaska. His name was okay. Bob Lyons. Cool. 
So yeah. Okay. And also, I do plan to have more candidates on here eventually. So yeah. Good. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely important to have you know candidates be able to not only you know uh, talk, but also for people who you know watch you know the podcasts or interviews um, to get a a better idea of um, who who their who their potential candidate is and. Um, get a feeling for who they are, what they know, what they talk about, where they stand on things and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's super important. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna, I, I haven't had a chance to show this yet, but, um, I wanted to show my audience this like yet. Um, I may, I got the very first shirt with the logo from my podcast on it. The, the mm -hmm. very first piece of merchandise. It's not for sale. It's a one of a kind thing, but I was going <laughs> to show this off. So see, Oh uh, yeah. Yep. There's your, there's your logo. Yep. That's it's meant to be an insult to the Illuminati. Yeah, because I had I had I had the triangle with the eye in the middle, and then plus also meant to be an insult to the Democrats because I put it in blue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Um, like right now, so um, you don't so it doesn't die. Your phone doesn't die out. All yeah. right. Um. All right. Before um before we before uh, before I let you go, can you t can you let my audience know where they can find you? Uh yes, my website it's mikeandriani.com. Um, I think you can. I think the spelling of my name is on the screen, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, people misspell my name all the time. It's okay. I'm used to it. So yeah. So MikeAndriani.com and um, you should be able to find, you know, my other info on there and um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I served, I served for eight years in the army and yeah. um, that's done with. And um, yeah. I'm yeah. looking, you know, I'm, you know, looking to do this. Yeah. Yeah, well, my I have a big military. Well, I was never in the military. I have family that was. My grandpa and all five of his brothers were in the military, so I have that that military bloodline. So yeah, although I'm not although I'm not serving my country like out there, I'm in a way serving it in a way because to get messages, yeah, yeah, it's kind of messaged out. You're doing it in a different capacity, like me. Yeah, you're doing it in a different way yeah. like I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, guys, this is it. This is it for this episode. Episode 22 of the Ray Affinity Show podcast. This is Mike Andre and uh, how do you say that again? Mike Andre. Mike Andre. This has been Mike Andriani, the the guest on on the podcast, and this has been me, Ray, aka Mr. Ray Infinity from the Ray Infinity Show podcast. Catch you guys later. Peace. Mm -hmm.